0: Poker's legendary champions, next-generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Philosophical Friday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and Duncan Palamortis. Welcome, my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com. And today is Friday, a very philosophical day. So I am joined by Duncan Palomortis, my co-host for Philosophical Friday. How are you doing, my friend?
1: Good, good, good. Today I noticed I don't look like a cyborg, so I selectively chose a dark shirt. So, uh, you cannot see my cable, or maybe you can if you look really <laughs> closely. So, no, no more cyborg, Duncan. you, no sir. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm doing doing quite well. Uh, I've got no complaints. Summertime, weather's cooling off a little bit, which is really nice. Um, just got back from a wolf retreat that we'll go into depth about on uh, Tactical Tuesday. John has lots of questions because he was not there for some ungodly reason um but yeah it was uh coming coming off of like a four or five day trip hanging out with seven or eight seven or eight wolves um in a cabin and just playing poker talking getting to know each other better all the fellowship bonding just really really awesome time
1: that's awesome. And for those of you who are watching us on YouTube, uh, today Brad decided to do his best impersonation of Doug Polk. He's rocking this uh, sleeveless shirt. <laughs> mm. <Thank laughs> so I'm, well, I'm painting a picture for the listener too. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. This this tank top, uh, we're, wearing it, it's the first time that that's, that comparison has been made.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you like with a tank top before. So like, I just have to make fun of you. I just can't help it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i i went to like uh wolf group coaching i've worn it to uh one-to-one coaching sessions and every time it's the awesome. same doug polk doug polk impersonation that guy not- he's <laughs> apparently tra- trademarked the tank tops <laughs> somewhere <laughs> along the That's way it. without me being aware <laughs>
1: it, it's you and phil helmuth from uh 2001 or whatever it was mm-hmm. when he was he was being caesar so
0: there you go uh, Um, well, what are we, what's on the docket today? I'm
1: really excited today. I've been waiting for this day the whole my life, you know, because it's going to be an excellent opportunity for me to learn more about spirituality. You know, we teased the audience last week. So today we decided, you know what, let's go dig in and try to see if we can learn more about the topic, the topic of spirituality in general. So uh, I'm hoping to get some answers to some of the questions, uh, you know, in the next 30, 40 minutes, you know things that people have been trying to answer for thousands of years, but who cares? Yeah, Uh, we
0: we figured we got got an hour, so we'll just um, solve this and then move on to something uh, less (laughs) tricky like bankroll management or something next week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly correct. So why don't we start, you know, simple, right? So what is spirituality? And a lot of people can define it in different ways, but in your own mind, when somebody mentions the word spirituality, what is the first thing that comes to your mind?
0: Well... I mean, I think we have to like go back a little bit more to just the spirit, right? So, okay, before spirituality, there there is the spirit, and like so, my personal belief system of of spirit, um, I would believe like the analog is consciousness to me. Mm -hmm. It's just um, the the ego, your consciousness, this feeling um, of you uh, just experiencing the universe and the world in Mm -hmm. your own very specific way. Um, So like spirit to me is consciousness and those two are like basically interchangeable.
1: Mm -hmm. So this is, this is something uh, very concrete and at the same time really vague in some sense, because consciousness is one of the very difficult uh, unresolved issues, right? I mean, what is consciousness uh, and uh, um, where, where is derived and conscious?
0: Yeah. Consciousness for me is like, is, awareness like Mm -hmm. that's it's just um when you say like my arm hurts you know it's like who's the my in that statement that and that the my to me is the consciousness the awareness that we are like whatever whatever Mm -hmm. like we or brad or i is just being aware of the inputs and Mm -hmm. my surroundings
1: um, let, let me ask you this, because I always wanted to to discuss this with somebody. Do you think like uh, rocks have uh, any any form of awareness, like uh, nonsense, uh, like beings that we wouldn't call sentient, like for example, rocks or or mountains or um, the water? Is there like any? Uh... By the way, incidentally, for the listener, this is uh, a philosophical uh, movement which is called uh, panpsychism, the idea that uh, there are. Uh, levels of consciousness in uh, basically every 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 material.
0: But I would I would agree with that. That you would agree with that. Okay. Be, I mean because I mean to me it 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 must be because this planet was a rock mm-hmm. and life sprang from a rock. So. Mm-hmm and if consciousness sprang from that then there must be some level of consciousness in rocks and mountains mm-hmm. um or it probably that that's like it's more the atoms that make
1: up sure. the, yeah. the rock no, absolutely or the absolutely so i mean you're basically saying that uh uh it's in in some sense it's uh, turtles all the way down so like i mean that consciousness must have come from somewhere it didn't come you know randomly it just has to come from the uh, material that we're composed of yeah the, um, the
0: material that the earth is composed of right that, that right. we have mm-hmm. access to else you know how how did we uh how did we get consciousness right it, R- it's right not if it doesn't come from that then well is it just like a magic trick you know well that,
1: that uh, i'm sure there's many religious people who are gonna <laughs> jump into a <laughs> sure, sure. quick answer there yeah. uh but well, and, uh, you know but
0: and to me like uh, i, I want to root as much as I possibly can in mm-hmm. logic and mm-hmm. things that are not faith-based
1: mm-hmm.
0: because that's where like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a whole different discussion about faith and that's something I, I don't really want to touch because like Absolutely. it's hard to have a solid answer or discussion when it's Absolutely. faith-based because like I don't believe and you believe and mm-hmm. that's where we're at. <laughs> like that, that,
1: that, that's, that, that's, exactly that's right. where we're
0: going to end. You know and
1: there is there's is another there's another issue too and and incidentally i mean i'm, I'm going to take like all of the uh, all of the sides of the argument i mean i'm taking the other side of the argument sure. because i'm i'm trying to be fair to to religious people but i've mentioned that before uh that there's there's a bigger issue it's not just about believing and not believing it's also an issue of something not making sense like for example people often think that there's two types of people the theists and the atheists i would say there's a third type those who don't understand either of those things, those who don't understand the question itself, right? I mean, yeah, myself no, like, no, no, not, not agnostic. Not agnostic. I, 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 no, no, the agnostic is different. The agnostic says, you know, I, I don't know. I understand the question and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's po- the answer is positive or negative. There's people who don't understand the question like myself. I don't understand what the question does God exist mean? I don't understand it. Like it's, it's what, like, what do
0: you mean by I, that? Why, why don't you understand it?
1: Because I don't understand what it means. Like, what is it that you're asking me if if God exists? Like, you can't even describe it to me in a way that I can actually possibly give a positive or a negative answer. So, so I am, like, gone? my ignorance is to the point where I don't even understand the question to possibly not even. I I cannot be agnostic, right? Because an agnostic would say I understand the question, but I'm not sure if the answer is yes or no. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is that I don't understand the question. I legitimately don't understand. I've yeah, tried yeah. a long why, time. Already.
0: What what is what's the sticking point, I guess? So like why why don't you understand the question?
1: Because in order to for the question for me to be proper, well defined, uh, I need to have a clear definition that makes sense to me. So when I when somebody of what says God is exactly exactly. This is incredibly important. Like incredibly important. So when people give like metaphors and things which are not consistent with one another, I'm lost. Right, so at that point, I'm saying I don't know what you're talking about. Like, like sometimes people say God is with you. So, am I a God, Duncan? The God? Like, uh, is God, you know, the Big Bang is a God? Like, what, what, what is exactly? And like, and then there's all, all, all sorts of contradictions. So, there is. I, I'm just tech like to, you know, be fair here and take all of these sides. But I do to go back to the uh, because I don't want to get sidetracked here. Um, there, there is a specific. Uh, Portion of people, the religious people, who would uh, think that um, you know consciousness came suddenly, and this is another you know side of the argument that we we have to take seriously because again there's people who it who, came who, suddenly. In uh, uh, yeah, like so people who will, uh, will tell you that uh, consciousness was. Uh, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not a, a religious expert or, uh, sure. but the, the people will, basically the basic argument is that at some point, uh, like a discontinuous function, mathematicians would call that. So at some point, suddenly, uh, consciousness was instilled into what we call sentient beings, sentient beings. And, mm-hmm. and uh, like, by, by what they would call God, and I don't understand what that means, but, you know, it, it Well, in came, that case,
0: in that case, what God would be, would be pure consciousness,
1: Right. Perhaps, yeah, that would be one of the one of the possible. Uh, I mean, it could be it could be incredibly complicated. Like, I mean, sure. it could be more than that. It could be less than that. It could be just that. But it's there is so the reason why I'm asking all these questions is because uh, I want to understand if, in your sense, you know, consciousness is something which is like follows a continuum versus uh, something which is more discrete. Like, you know, uh, at at one point it doesn't exist, and at some point all of a sudden it exists. And by the way, that philosophically, there's several different movements on that. Uh, Uh, So you're more on the uh, panpsychism kind of uh, uh, camp. Like, you know, it's more of like on a continuum versus uh, suddenly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think continual makes sense. And also Mm -hmm. it kind of like ramps up, right? Like given the complexity of the uh, being or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Like, I I think that when you're a kid, you you have consciousness, but you don't create memories so Mm -hmm. much. And so like, as you get older, you become like more and more online more and more aware um I believe that animals have consciousness I believe mm-hmm. they have an awareness they're aware of who they trust and who they don't trust they're aware of just a bunch of different things so like I, I think that like trees have consciousness like I, I think trees will battle for sunlight and like you can go to a forest and see that like one you know a couple of trees that are much bigger than one tree um that tree will like bend itself so that it can mm. get a a source of energy and food right which mm-hmm. to me is like something's happening there i don't know if it's like actual thought that the tree has or if it's just genetic code and biology that's helping the tree survive but but i think that like there is some there is an awareness there there must be an awareness if there wasn't an awareness then it would just grow straight up and shrivel and die
1: mm-hmm. i think no that's this this is great and 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 do you think there is a? Uh um so consciousness we understand it as awareness and everybody understands it differently and that's what creates a pretty interesting uh sure. pretty interesting dynamic but do you think there's uh when we say spirituality there's anything beyond consciousness uh when people talk about the soul for example or uh, when they talk about um you know harmony or they talk about different concepts or imagination or anything like that or would you say that all of these concepts you just mentioned and then perhaps others that I forgot they fall under the umbrella of consciousness.
0: To me, they all fall under the umbrella of consciousness. Like okay. that's, they're all overlapped and just stuck in
1: there. Okay, basically, what we we understand, yes, and uh, and uh, so uh, in in what way would you say that uh, spirituality and um, uh, train is there any way for us to get uh, closer? to, to that awareness? How can somebody um, uh, accentuate, if you will, their senses or their inner awareness so they can become more aware? And why, let's start with that. Is it, is it useful to be more aware? Let, let, let's start with that. Is it useful to be more aware than, than less aware and why?
0: I think useful. Yes. And I think that it's provable mm-hmm. scientifically. Um, okay. The way that you're, you become more aware is through like generally meditation i mean that's mm-hmm. the practice of building awareness and mm-hmm. the health benefits of meditation are quantifiable and the list is quite long at this stage as it relates to just a number of number of different things so i think that like being aware is definitely has benefits i mean that's like what focus is i mean focus is just placing your awareness on a specific task and then executing
1: Excellent. And b- before we go into into meditation and the ways we can increase awareness, is increased awareness always positive, or are there are situations where it could potentially be be negative? Well,
0: do you are you thinking of anything specific here? Because I can't. Yeah. Really... So
1: so there is there is uh, basically Nietzsche's criticism, right? That uh, essentially says that uh, uh, to not every knowledge is not i guess he's talking about knowledge particularly and then we have to perhaps distinguish between the the, the notion of knowledge and awareness mm-hmm. but a specific type of knowledge uh, could be hurtful for certain individuals and one example of that would be the like for example the uh, discovery of the atomic bomb right so uh, certain civilizations may not be ready to handle a uh, certain type of knowledge so uh, or you know incredible pain or the classic example, if you knew when you were going to die, would you want to know that information? Would you want to be aware of it in, in, in some sense? And perhaps, you know, we can, you can make distinctions or you can go wherever you want with this, but that's, yeah. that's what, I, what I'm having in mind is awareness always, always a a, a, a positive thing. I think
0: it's, it's subjective. So mm-hmm. I think that it could both be positive or negative based on. The human being that's experiencing it, right, and their mm-hmm. h- how they experience it. Like I, I think that, you know, outside of like the, the atomic bomb, you know, more a more personal route would be like nihilism. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like you just as you gain awareness and you realize that life is um, a temporary experience. Mm-hmm. What's why is anything worth doing? Why should we get out of bed in the morning? What's the can, point? What's the can purpose? I,
1: can I get into a philosophical tangent here? Sure. <laughs> Which because you just mentioned my one of my favorite uh, philosophical topics, right? Uh um is nihilism intrinsically negative?
0: Um I don't know. I I I don't I don't know the answer to that. What do you think?
1: It's an interesting question. Uh I actually, uh, I'm, I'm very skeptical with anything that takes a, universe, a universal property. Anything that is always or or never, I'm very skeptical about. Uh, one thing that I've noticed about nihilism in particular, I don't aspire to nihilism. I think it's there's uh, for my personal life there's there's better approaches to take. But one thing about nihilism that I've I've realized it, it's it's not refutable. It's not philosophically refutable. You cannot just go to say, oh, you know what? Here's an example where nihilism doesn't work. Uh, philosophically. There's no way to refute it. And 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 this is something that troubled, I think, a lot of philosophers. There is, We have no way to prove that there is some sort of like a universal meaning in the world, right? So the world could very well be the same and have no meaning whatsoever. Like if somebody told us tomorrow, you know what, there is this like complete crazy person who did, created this world and this world has absolutely no meaning whatsoever, he created it as a joke or we are like inside a video game or something like that, we could still see the same world that we do. Conversely, if somebody told you, you know, there is this incredible sophistication behind this world and this incredibly important reason why this world exists, we can still exist without issue. So there is, uh, it's the world that we live in is compatible with and without nihilism. So in in that sense, I don't think it's refutable in in any way. whether or not it's useful, I would say it depends on the actual individual and I think a lot of the stuff that we say depend on the actual individual. so that it, the, the phrase it depends, I think is fundamental in a lot of our conversations and part of the reason of you know we can see I'm very critical when people have universal ideas like I'm very I, I posted on Twitter um, if I can do it, you can do it. Do you think it's mostly true or mostly false? like if I can do it, you can do it. And you probably know what my answer would be, right? If I can do it, you can do it. If somebody says that to me, you know, what do you think I would answer? Is it mostly true or mostly false? <laughs>
0: I'm not sure. We'll say mostly false.
1: Yes, exactly. Because again, I don't like, I think different people are different, right? You know, and we can't have universal uh, truths. Like, universal truths are very suspect uh, for me. So, because yeah. you're asking about nihilism. So, yeah. somebody who says nihilism is bad, it would be universal truth. And I, I don't like i don't see any i haven't i haven't seen it, a single universal truth in my almost 40 years of life so
0: i i have a my theory about the meaning of life and nihilism mm-hmm. i was just having a conversation about this yesterday so it's fresh on my mind um i think the purpose of life is to live i think that if you look at the universe and the mm-hmm. makeup of the ingredients, the matter um, that what you find is a lot of commonalities. There's a podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson and Mm -hmm. Sam Harris that I Mm -hmm. listened to Mm -hmm. six months or so ago where they get into like, you know, the, the, the ingredients for life, like three, the three ingredients for life are like three of the top five most common resources in the entire universe, meaning Mm -hmm. very, very, very plentiful. And there's,
1: that's Neil deGrasse Tyson. He, he has repeated that argument over and over again. Yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah. He has his so signature. Like,
0: <laughs> so to me, to me, like the point of life is to live in that this planet is ripe for life, clearly, and life has grown. Um, and I think that life grows on other planets, too, because it it must. Like, I just can't. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. mathematically make sense to me that (laughs) one out of like I think it's like a sextillion or something planets in the in the universe. It's like just a a number that you can't even like fathom, right? Like Mm -hmm. only one would would support life, or um, when all the ingredients are everywhere, right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, like the universe for whatever reason and whatever life is, it seems to be Mm pro-life, and you know we think about our own lives through this um, consciousness experience. Right. I think like, oh man, I'm going to die. Right. Like, uh, that's, that's that's not, not good, (laughs) not (laughs) fun. But then I think about like, you know, in, in a broad sense, I've already been dead Mm -hmm. as have you, Mm -hmm. if, if death is just not existing. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, in 1982, I Mm -hmm. I was dead, you know, not alive. Um, so like I've experienced that a lot more than I've experienced actually being alive. Mm Um, or maybe I haven't experienced it, but Mm -hmm. either way, we, we know what that, we have a good feeling of what that's going to look like because we've already been there. Um, and so when I die though, what, what I think is like, what makes me, me, right? It's like consciousness and, and this experience of living. And, And in that way, like life goes on. No matter what happens, inevitably life continues going on. So like, I'm just one person with one set of sensory organs that experiences life, but there's going to be other, you know, humans that go on until the sun blows up, um, in which case, on other planets, there's going to be other sentient beings where life mm-hmm. just continues going on. And so whatever I, experience I'm living through right now is just life, and life will continue going on. And so in that way, like to me, the point of life is to live. And when I die, that's okay because what I am is life and other sentient beings are going to continue to live. So it's not like Mm -hmm. everything ends, right?
1: Let let me ask you something. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of questions that I want to ask you, but I'm I'm not going to go into the anthropic principle. I'm not going to go to the fact that, you know, the fact that the trajectory of life that we have might be even more rare than the fact that there is life. I'm not going to go in there at all. But uh, let me ask you a specific question to, to your last point. Uh, do you think the point of life is to live or do you think the point of life is to live as Brad Wilson?
0: Um, I mean, what is Brad Wilson, right? Like that's or, a yeah. random label that my parents gave to me
1: and or, or, I had I can rephrase it. Again, obviously, sure. I mean, I, I, this is a difficult question to, to phrase properly, what, right? Well, but let w- me w- answer w- it.
0: I think I can answer it okay. appropriately. Like to live life in the way that My spirit wants me to live Mm -hmm. like that's, that to me is like the point, not Brad Wilson. It's just my consciousness. Like when when I think of spirituality, I think of awareness and like what makes my awareness feel good and joy and happy. And and like what makes those manifest emotions manifest. Um, And that, that to me is like, that's the point to live a life. That's makes my consciousness, my awareness, my spirit happy.
1: Very, very good. And the, the reason why I'm asking you is because uh, the, the moment you can replace uh, your name, Brad Wilson, with just uh, the, the you, like, do you want to live life or do you want to live life as you, as yourself? And the reason why I'm, I'm doing this is because I want to I wanna understand if you think there's like some sort of like a universal way or it is, uh, you know, meaning is different from individual to individual, right? That, that, that's where I was going with yeah.
0: this. And we could go back to last week, right? We talked mm-hmm. about the ship of Theseus. Right. Well, over time, I, I shed skin cells. Over, like, every 10 years, my, my bones um, are different. Like, we shed our bones and regrow them, like, every 10 years. So, like, in a lot of ways, while my consciousness, my awareness is the same, I have very few parts remaining of the me that was 20 years old. See. Right? So, it's so like, if, yeah.
1: No, no, no just, just to clarify your point, if I understand your point correctly, you're saying not only meaning is not universal but meaning is not even consistent among a single individual. So not only meaning is not universal among different individuals, it's not even consistent within a single individual. It changes all the time as we change cells.
0: As we, as we change, well, as we, I guess my point was like, my awareness is the same. My, my consciousness um, is somewhat stable, but then my hair grows, I, I cut it. My skin's cells flake off. Um, just my bones flake off and regrow. So, like ten years from now, I'm gonna have very few of the same cells that I have today. Mm-hmm. It like in my body, yet my awareness will be somewhat similar. So that that to me is like that. That's a good approximation of like how I think of myself. It is like just whatever <laughs> the, the ship of Theseus, right? The the yeah, spirit, sure, the sure, spirit of the ship of Theseus is the thing that is constant and. All, everything else is fluid.
1: Uh, uh, absolutely, and and would you say that uh, uh, that consciousness, uh, which I'm assuming, it uh, relies on something, right? It, it comes from somewhere. Whether that something is materialistic or not, it's it's a different question. But would you say that the thing that holds your consciousness? Do you think that that thing stays the same, changes? And also a follow up question: Would you say that? Uh, your consciousness as a result remains the same or changes? I don't know. I can't, I, I don't have, I, I how can't. Do you, really... How do you feel it personally? Like, do you think, that, in, in other words, do you think that your consciousness is something that some people, for example, when they're talking about the soul, they think of the soul as something that uh, is um, immutable? Immutable, correct, exactly. Whereas they will say that even though our cells keep changing, you know, our soul will will remain the same. There's something sort of like fundamental that makes you, you, or would you say that these pieces that make you, you, those change themselves. And as a result, your whole consciousness changes. I, so I don't
0: think it's immutable because that relies on no contrary examples. I I would say that, I, I mean, I would say that it changes, but mm-hmm. I don't know like the significance of the change. I don't know how much it can change. Like for instance, I I don't think I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be a serial killer, right? Like mm-hmm. I I think that
1: mm-hmm. there's a degree to to, to that there, change. There's I a
0: understand. there's a degree mm-hmm. to to that, right? Like Absolutely. I think that. But as a kid, I just maybe it, maybe it's related to genetics and like that. That's another like probably big piece of the puzzle is genetics and like just the the path that my genes have traveled over time to like land me here, but but I don't know. I mean, I I've always felt like a fairly compassionate person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always felt like a a love towards other sentient creatures, whether mm-hmm. it be animals or bugs or whatever it is. Like I, I just, I guess my my genes, my spirit, what whichever one like is in at the wheel, um, tends to value life. Like
1: I, I think that's that that is
0: really true for me. Um,
1: Absolutely, and and to be fair, even when we change our cells in our body, it's not like the new cells that we get are completely different than the sure, ones before, sure, right? Sure. I mean, there they're is they're quite there similar, is, right? You know, right? I mean, like I mean, we have like a certain type of complexity. I mean, we have a certain amount, you know, like yes. you know, like characteristics. Yeah.
0: I don't, I, I don't think it is immutable. Mm-hmm. I think that it can be, I, I think that it can certainly be warped by life experience. Like I think mm-hmm. that people who go through significant trauma, um, that, that can have a profound effect on the consciousness, on their spirit that leaves them as something that is, uh, uh, an entity that is totally different than what it started. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it can definitely be warped. It can definitely be changed in my opinion. Um, but I do think it's like pretty consistently there throughout mm-hmm. the course of, of life.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, like uh, at the cost of, you know, like the listener throwing, you know, their phone uh-huh. on the wall or just screaming, I, I'm going to have to ask you the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. Would, would, would you say that consciousness is part of your, of your cells, or would you say that it's something that is uh, above and beyond, uh, your, your, cells, like your, your, your material self?
0: Um, I have no idea,
1: and, and nobody does. To be fair, that's why I'm saying yeah. you are going to start throwing like, can't? You're a little bit too curious. Yeah, <laughs> how, I, I, how I have,
0: it? I have no earthly idea, right? And, and in that way, like, to to me, it would mo- almost certainly be a part of your cells. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only thing that makes sense to me because, um, as I mentioned before, I believe that like cats and dogs have consciousness as well, and mm-hmm. like. Mm -hmm. So the alternative is some sort of like mystical consciousness infusion, um, which, you know, who am I to say like what a mystical consciousness infusion, I mean, is real or not real or exists or doesn't exist? Because I mean, there's so many other like mysteries to life that like it it could be scientific and be there and we just have no awareness of it, right? So like, but to me, it, it would probably be a part of your cell's, maybe your brain Mm -hmm. um it's weird right because like i think about like uh if i amputate all of my limbs right well i'm still going to be conscious and i'm probably not going to be like any more or less conscious than i am right now i'm just without those cells Mm -hmm. so like anyway that I, i think that if they are in us, it's probably, they're probably in our heads, <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. Pro- probably yeah. in the brain. Yeah. No,
1: no, no. And, and you're actually like, you know, it, it uh, I mean, obviously for the listener, we are obviously at the limit of our understanding and we have been at the limit of our understanding since the beginning of the conversation and before the beginning of the conversation. But as we're talking about all these things, there are some, some interesting, uh, some interesting things. Like for example, you say, if we, if we cut our, uh, our arms. Uh, what what, I, what I'm hearing is that, you know, the, the brain and the heart perhaps play a more important role than, you know, our fingers. And that's actually, that's, I mean, you know, I'm not a doctor, but scientifically, you know, <laughs> proven, right? I mean, it's not it's not yeah, let's, science, right? Let's yeah, let's see. Yeah. Let's
0: take two people, cut one finger off and cut out another one's heart and see who, who performs better.
1: <laughs> exactly. We've, we've seen, we have a little bit of a data, <laughs> yeah. of a data point there, right? Uh-huh. So, um, interesting. and. So let's go back to to the thing that you mentioned earlier, right, which I'm incredibly interested in, meditation. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, Sam Harris is really big on on meditation. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, he's deeply non-religious. So he's actually, you know, draws a a line uh, between the concept of spirituality and awareness and uh, the the other stuff. So um, talk us a little bit about how how does, uh, what is meditation and uh, how does it help increase awareness?
0: I mean so I just imagine like focus and awareness as a muscle that mm-hmm. we can strengthen or that can atrophy and as somebody who has ADHD prone to daydreaming prone to not being present um I tend to struggle with focus and and being present so like meditation is just the it, it's just practicing um having awareness on what's going on in your body, feeling your breath again and again. And whenever you kind of zone out and start daydreaming, you just bring the focus back to your breath in your body. And that's a rep like that's, that's a a rep that is basically strengthening your ability to be aware of what's happening internally. Right. Which, um, that that awareness of what's happening internally can help you in a number of situations that I alluded to earlier, but I mean, a a very practical example is like social situations, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, um, if you are aware that you're agitated and you're, you're feeling angry, then maybe that awareness and will give you, um, the ability to not lash out at somebody Mm -hmm. for, um, You know, a very small reason, right? And and reduce conflict. So, Mm -hmm. so that's like an awareness that you're in a bad mood and being like, oh, I'm in a bad mood. So, like, take that data point into consideration when somebody says something and I feel annoyed. Like, maybe it wasn't them that annoyed me. Maybe it was just that I'm in a bad mood and prone to annoyance right now. So, I mean, it it just gives you more data points as to how you're feeling and Mm -hmm. how um you know your your emotions are influencing your life experience
1: right and is this like a completely mental process or is it also physical and i can be a little bit more specific like uh, andrew huberman comes to mind uh the the stanford professor who who talks a lot about uh, the brain uh who uh, who says that you know he's of the opinion that you cannot control the mind with the mind and uh, what he's basically saying about that is that there are specific uh physical processes uh, that we can use to um essentially to hijack what the mind is doing and um because that when the mind is set into a specific uh, direction it's very difficult to to change it by the mind because it has already decided it's going to go left so we cannot decide to go to go right when the mind itself has decided to go left so this is where i'm going with this question so is it possible to control the mind with the mind and um and and, and if not what is it exactly Uh, that meditation doing to be able to, to make that control?
0: Um, Is it possible to control the mind with the mind? I mean, is there like any contrary example that you can, you could possibly think of because that's kind of a
1: Uh, addiction, maybe like, uh, you know, like, can we, can we stop addiction by just uh, willing it? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to stop being an addict right now. Right like i'm gonna you know i i i'm, I'm uh, i don't know like I'm going all in with seven deuce I'm like tilting out of my ass, and then you know I'll say, you know what I'm gonna stop tilting right now because i'm gonna control yeah
0: my I, mind. Don't, I don't really understand that that thought because you know
1: you don't have to agree with it, i mean just, just yeah a yeah, question, well, right? yeah Well, yeah. I,
0: I i don't. No, I don't agree with it, but I don't agree with it to like an extreme level that makes me feel like I'm missing something like, Okay, be- because, you know, you can feel like you, your mind can tell you that you don't want to go to the gym mm-hmm. and you can go. Right? right.
1: But your mind hasn't decided yet. I'm not going to go, right? You are in the process of, oh, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting ready to be angry right now, but I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to decide to not go, to not be become angry, right? I mean, that's... You are in... There's something to be said about what part of the process. You haven't made the decision just yet, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and it's... And and again, I mean, we're (laughs) getting
0: into... Yeah, so it's basically like if you don't do something, then you couldn't have made yourself do something because it's what you did, right? Which to me is like just semantic and doesn't really... I don't... I guess no that... no
1: the, the difference is uh i, I guess where I, I should be a little bit more specific. there's a difference between being angry and then saying to yourself, Holy smuck i mean how how did I get angry I didn't even realize. i didn't even I wasn't even aware of the moment that I became angry, angry. Yeah, you know, I, like I mean what and then there's a, there's a situation oh this what's happening right now starts to aggravate me so much I should better. Walk out that door before it gets worse, right? So, so on the one hand, you have the person who's like, you know, the time is 12:03, uh, and then before you know, it, time is 12:05, and then there's like basically they were unconscious for those two minutes, and they're they're angry at 12, 12.05. and then there's the person who's very much aware at 12:03, they're also very much aware at 12:04. When there is a transition between being, uh, you know, ca- being calm and being angry, and that person could potentially have a, you know, some control over their actions potentially. Yeah. I
0: yeah. mean, to me, like, awareness is not control. Like, it's not like you take a bad beat when you're playing poker and you're angry and you can just like switch the anger off, you feel it. You're aware Mm -hmm. of it, and that awareness, that confrontation, that uh, acceptance, Mm -hmm. um, generally leads to faster recovery Mm -hmm. from the situation. Um, So
1: so awareness leads to acceptance, basically. It's yeah, like okay,
0: the the, you know something that I said a lot during the elite program is like the only way out of an emotion is through. You have Mm -hmm. to feel it. You can't just bury it. Um, and you can't, uh, deceive yourself into believing that you don't feel anything, which is something that I I see all the time is that, that self-deception. So like, to me, it's, you have to feel it, but you're not necessarily controlling how you feel it, but by the nature of being aware of it, um, then it, it gives you a target to shoot at, right? It's like, wow, Mm -hmm. oh, I, I am angry. And then you allow yourself, your central nervous system to feel it. And then eventually it fades away. And I think the trick is that when you have low awareness, you know we call uh call it stewing right in our mm-hmm. anger, we're seething right um, we're angry, and then we have a circular thought in our heads that triggers the anger again and again and again, and we're not ever really confronting it, we're not ever allowing ourselves to just feel angry and then kind of moving on so I mean, in that sense, like the brain can certainly trigger more emotions um and i I think this is like anxiety worry anger jealousy like i think that this is kind of shown again and again and again and makes sense in our own anecdotal life experience that like yeah having higher low awareness can certainly trigger more emotions and make them last way longer than they otherwise would have
1: Absolutely, and I think it's almost tautological to say that if we have no self-awareness, uh, there's absolutely nothing we can do to change anything because we don't understand it's even happening. Sure, when it's like, happening, right? It, yeah. it
0: just go. It just you know doing whatever it does.
1: Exactly, and but but then there is a, there is a second question, and I keep coming back to that point because I think it's a, it could be potentially helpful for 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 the listener. Um, so if we are aware, um, is there something physical? that also needs to be into the equation? Or is it just all, you know, like we're going to sit into our uh, workstation, or our brain workstation, and we're going to just make the, the right decision?
0: What do you mean by physical?
1: Like, for instance, um, like controlling controlling the breath could potentially prevent us from, you know, outbursting or... Um, I think yeah.
0: that's 100% real and true that your breathing has an effect on your central nervous system you take right. shallow shallow breaths you're more prone to anxiety uh, and, and i just
1: i, I just want to clarify something here because the breath is being used both as a, like when you meditate like is is used both as a way to uh control attention but i'm talking about as a um physical not necessarily panacea but like as a physical way to uh help your body right yeah, I mean, to yeah. oxygenate it yeah i mean
0: yeah we we need oxygen and like however deep or shallow our breaths are, however we regulate our breaths has a profound effect on our central nervous system and our life experience. I mean, um, there's an app that I use called Breathwork, and like, Mm -hmm. it has sleep breaths. I mean, there's a lot of like people out there teaching breathing techniques. Mm -hmm. Dylan Wiseman got certified as like a, you know, somebody that can teach other people, uh, breath work and it's, the anybody, ice man. Yeah. Wim, Wim Hof has Wim the Wim Hof method. I mean, any, again, it's like anybody that has experienced breathing techniques, like it's a tangible experience. Like you, you it, something happens and you can feel it. Um, hmm. and I'm not sure about the data, the science, the research, um, or placebo effect. I, I don't know, but all I know is that like when I use breath work,
1: it works, <laughs>
0: like it, oh, yeah. it, it helps my central nervous system. So, so it is actively a tool, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I think that there's a, there's a lot of studies that have been done. I mean, you know, oxygen is is, is very helpful, and it, it, it's not it's not surprising. Um, course, yeah. So, would you say that meditation and all of these practices are universally beneficial?
0: Oh man, you 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 sneak that I, u- universally in go there. there, right?
1: I have to go there. I have to go there. I don't
0: know. I have no idea. I can't. Uh, again, I can't say one way or the other. I would say that, like majority, yes, beneficial. However, maybe there's something that has a, a low level of awareness and it's better off not <laughs> increasing yeah, its, its awareness it's, it's to difficult. its to its existence.
1: Yeah, it's um, difficult. But uh, to, to to be fair, though. Like, I mean, oxygen is such an integral, uh, I mean, breathing, I should say, but breathing is such an integral part of ourselves that uh, at the very least, meditation can't hurt, right? I mean, just like trying it, sitting there and trying well, it, I mean, breathing and then paying attention to the
0: breath, Yeah, like, you know? It's- I think meditation is different than, than just breathing because the the breath is just an anchor,
1: right? It's a a focus point correct? um, Correct.
0: because it happens again and again and again and again, right? Like we have to breathe. I'm breathing right right now. So, so it's something to focus on that happens again and again and again. And I I think that like there are other um, focus points and anchors that, that people do use. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Breath is just like the easiest anchor. Um, But in the other, you know, the breath work example that that's a, that, that is specific to your central nervous system and oxygenating your body and how that uh, specific breathing um, routine affects your, your body and your central nervous system.
1: Very good. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I would agree with that. And uh, so uh, another question uh, that, that I had, I always had that question. Um, since consciousness and awareness is something uh deeply personal uh, and there's people who can be like very artistic about the way that they express it uh do you think that there is other ways to communicate it to other people beyond you know uh you know a rationality or beyond a logical explanation, or are there alternative alternative ways? Um, communicate between individuals
0: well, well let's uh, I'll start by asking you do you have anything at the sure. top of top of your head
1: right I mean my uh my sister um she you know like she often tells me that you know like she doesn't you know understand logic like she sometimes like understand colors understands emotions so she responds better uh to and this is something that I personally don't understand uh I, don't, I mean, I can see, like, I can. Uh, when it comes to communicating information, is is very difficult unless I'm just trying to understand how the other person feels. Uh, you know, like as a poker player, I've, I've trained myself to to some extent. But like, uh, is there any? Uh, I'm 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 very interested because a lot of people when they talk about spirituality, uh, they talk in a language which is at least foreign to me. Like it feels you know, they, they're talking in colors or it, like they have these these descriptions which can be very foreign about, you know, like, um, well, for example, just here, uh, uh, like, here, Duncan. just s- one specific example, and uh, sorry to interrupt, but like, no, <laughs> Eckhard, I'm interrupting
0: you. You don't have no, to. <laughs>
1: no, 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 no. It's just, I, I really want to hear your thought on that. Uh, but it just dawned well, on me. But Eckhart Tolle, when he talks about, you know, the idea of, you know, um, awareness, take, take a moment
0: right here, right? Uh, I, I'm going to interrupt this, you perpet- purposefully. Right,
1: I, I know. I, I'm almost done because it's sort no, of no, like no, no, It's okay. Go no, ahead, it's go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Like just, I won't forget. Just close your eyes.
1: hmm
0: And take a breath. And like, bring awareness to how you feel about this question that you're passionate about. About this understanding that you're seeking, right?
1: R- r- right. So like, my my question was a little bit different than that. Like, uh, so the um. Uh, Th- this is so, 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 yeah. So you're, you're basically creating uh, by this example, which, uh, which makes, well, it actually makes perfect sense to me, right? I mean, you're creating a physical state, which I can relate to, right? I mean, you're telling, giving me something tangible, right? Which I, which I can do. And it's not I, I, a I, totally, color, right? It's, it's, it's not, it's not tangible. a problem. Absolutely. That, that
0: to me is spirituality. Your spirit is singing right now. You're excited. You want to ask these questions. You want to dive into it. That to me is like the essence of it.
1: Absolutely. And uh so the the example that I wanted to to give earlier, I think it's it's relevant because it illustrates what I was I was going I was going with earlier. The idea that uh for example Eckhart Tolle in his book, he he talks about uh there is a situation where you know you're aware when the colors around you start to become more vibrant. So this is the type of language which I have some trouble with, right? I mean, it's the type of language which I understand what he means, but what does he really mean, right? You know, you, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I I get it, I get it. You're more aware, but what does more vibrant mean? Like, language which is is getting a little bit on the on the on the emotional side. And yeah. how do I know that it's not an illusion? And how do I not know that you know, like, my 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 brain is playing tricks on me?
0: Does it? Matter if the brain is playing a trick
1: on you, or if it's illusory. I would say it depends on the situation. If I'm trying to cure cancer, then yes. But <laughs> if I'm like no, because there's people who actually no. I sure. mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. the people are doing this. So and, and I'm concerned about some of these things because they can actually go to to an extreme level. And obviously, what you're saying here to me makes perfect sense. I mean, we're really talking about awareness and consciousness, which are things that even though we don't understand very well, we all sort of like feel them that, that they exist. But they, they, you know, the question that I'm asking is, you know, like when this language becomes, is there like, are there alternative ways, like beyond, you know, what we use for, for day-to-day communication?
0: I mean, I can just give anecdotal stories about my, my own yeah, please, life, right? Like, please, so please. I've noticed that sometimes when I'm driving in the car, I want to turn the music up really loud and, and sing songs. And, and I, I've recognized that, that that's I feel it in my awareness that I'm happy, that I'm mm-hmm. joyful. And it manifests in me singing out loud. Right. And I'm I'm very aware now that like, oh wow, I'm in a great mood. Like I'm gonna turn this up and this makes me happy and my makes my spirit happy. And so like to me that that's like it's not colors becoming more vibrant, but Mm -hmm. it's just specific stimuli that is more meaningful. That's Mm -hmm. more impactful to my consciousness in that moment.
1: You mean that makes perfect sense. I mean, this is like, because again, it comes down to something that works for you and, Conversely, for somebody else, it could be the birds chirping, or it could be you know like having a lot of oxygen, or the sunlight in the morning, or whatever, whatever it is that make people. Yeah, yeah. I can, what, I whatever it is
0: that resonates it, with their their mm-hmm. own specific spirit.
1: Absolutely, and and that actually brings us to like you know to to to, to a conclusion to 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 send it home. Uh, what are some things people can do uh, to increase their, aware, their awareness and to help them experiment to find what is it that works that works for them and potentially possibly apply it to to their game so that they can, you know, be more aware of all the
0: different yeah. things. I mean, you know, Waking Up with Sam Harris is the app. Like we I use the app on a on a regular basis. If we do meditation in Wolf Group Coaching, we use Waking Up with Sam Harris. We actually use that quite often we're
1: not affiliated by the way, but we, I, we both like Sam Harry. So that's no, great. I mean, it's, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, great. great. Yeah.
0: Anything that makes a profound impact on my life, um, breathwork, breathwork app on my phone. Again, just, that's what I use on a, on a regular basis. Um, yeah, I think those are the, the main tools. What was the second half of your question?
1: So how, how can that potentially, uh, uh, be applied uh, to, to poker? I know we, we said a lot of things which, which go beyond, but you know everything, everything philosophical has some application to poker. So how can people use awareness to potentially reduce some of the licks they have and improve as poker players in general? Um,
0: so I've been thinking of this concept a lot lately because <clears throat> I see it happen again and again. And poker is a mathematical game. It's rooted in math. And all questions can be brought back into the math of the situation. What I hear very often is narrative stories, Mm -hmm. just describing hands and actions. And to me, narrative stories are generally driven by emotion and projection. Mm -hmm. And narrative stories create inconsistency in decision-making because they're based on some interpretation, some story you're telling yourself and the, the emotions that you're feeling in your body. Whereas I think that poker should be thought of in data points and math. And that's how you create consistent decisions again and again and again and again. If you're making decisions based on how you feel or some story you're telling yourself, you're not going to be consistent. And if you're inconsistent playing poker, you're not going to make money. And that, that to me is just like very cut and
1: dry. Right. And, and, and you're talking to a mathematician, so I can certainly relate to, to what you're saying. But let me ask you this. Isn't emotion also part of the data points? And I'm talking about external emotion and sometimes internal external. emotion. To, yeah. Like, for example, you know, you're sitting at the table and, um, you know, a person is steaming. Right. So that is an emotional response to I would try to
0: quantify that. As right. a data point, and see how it affects my strategy. And right. That's
1: that, 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 that's what I was asking. Like, yeah, is I would an try to put also a, put a, a value. Data point.
0: Yeah, it's right. a data point, and I would right. put a value on it. But I right. would try to quantify whatever that means and right. mathematically assign it something so that I could um, use that to alter my strat. Or actually, it's not even altering; it's just an adjustment based on a, an extra data point.
1: Absolutely, and aren't also like our own emotions are like data points as well, potentially.
0: They can be. They they can can certainly be be data points. And, and, you know, we talked about intuition before. Like, to me, there's a difference between like, well, (laughs) I guess that's hard for me to say. Emotion is kind of intuition. It's a sensor in you that's lighting up and indicating something Mm -hmm. that you're interpreting consciously. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like the gut or intuition or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that like being aware when that, that uh, emotion is giving you inputs that are valuable versus when they're, you're, you're, they're uh, influenced by something not valuable is another way that awareness can help you. For instance, like you, you're afraid, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're afraid and you're unaware that you're afraid, what generally is going to happen is you're, you're going to be more risk-averse And you're going to look for a reason to fold or not bet. You're going to look for a reason to take an inconsistent action. Um, Whereas if, you know, your intuition is telling you not to bet because you think this player has a very strong hand um, and you're able to trust that, then checking makes a lot more sense because it's based on data points that your subconscious brain is processing and then being relayed to you via internal sensors.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So they, it's not about. Uh, that's why I wanted to to, to flesh out that point yeah. because it's not about ignoring the emotions. It's about you know
0: treating them, them as
1: uh, using them as data points. Yeah. And being able to. And uh, so I guess one last thing um, because again we're talking about awareness and one thing that people have have trouble with, uh, and this is something that Tomi Angelo talks a lot a lot, and that's why people like Tomi Angelo because he's a go to person. This is emotional control, right? I mean, a lot of people have issues with emotional control and in certain situations. And how can awareness be, be helpful in that regard? We, I think you and I very much agree that when it comes down to the mathematical things, you do your, your math right, wrong, you improve that. But when I would throw like out
0: a... the word control. And okay. I would throw out the word control completely and accept that- we're not in control of we we're emotional creatures with cognition we're not cognitive creatures with emotion is how i feel mm-hmm. and so controlling is futile it's rather accepting them mm-hmm. having awareness of what's going on and using that awareness to make a more informed decision while you're playing poker
1: let me change the word let me call it emotional response as opposed to like emotional ignorance like you know how should people respond these emotions, provided that they have that awareness, I mean, and forget for, about the, the work control. Like, yeah, let's, yeah.
0: Like, um, I mean, a lot of it boils down to training, right? Like, if mm-hmm. you know, if if you are in a situation where you have principles that lead you to making whatever decision that it is, and you know in your heart, <laughs> I guess that's another emotional thing. You, you know, yeah. with a high degree of certainty that you're supposed to jam on the river here with a bluff right and then you feel fear about jamming and through that fear um you start constructing a narrative as to why you feel that fear we're trying to make sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like we're trying to make sense of why we feel this fear and so then what happens is we say oh um maybe if i had a, a club here it would be a better bluff Maybe my mm-hmm. cards aren't good enough to bluff here. Like, and basically that is, you're trying to make sense of why you feel the fear so that you don't jam all in. But the reality is, is you're just afraid to jam all in because you don't want to lose a stack.
1: Right, risk, which, risk aversion
0: which is, is, in, is in play.
1: Which is something you may or may not be aware, right? I mean, you know, that, that fear may something that you've been missing while you're trying to rationalize this whole thing, right? I mean, right. when you try to make a, a decision. So, so, so
0: to me, like when when... What I know I'm supposed to do is totally different than what I think I should do, or how I feel like like uh, about making a specific decision.
1: How do then you I, marry? How do you marry the two? that? You that, that's the I, crack. So like, you know, you on the one hand, you you know what you're supposed to do, but you want to do another thing, and, and this is where a lot of conflict. Like this is a question that my students ask me all the time, right? That's mm-hmm. that's why you know. So I mean, I, I have my thoughts too, but I'm just curious as to, to what you
0: think. No, I I think that whatever's rooted in principle that I can prove and that I know, I tend to go towards that direction unless mm-hmm. I can rationalize a specific data point that might shift the decision. And very good. it has and to be very tangible. Like it can't just be ethereal.
1: I, I think that's actually very good, very good advice. And for those who don't have your experience, right? I mean, for those who haven't reached that point where, you know, sitting at the table and they'll say, you know what, I need to go where the data points are, are taking me. Those who still have that conflict, how do they resolve that conflict? I think that's an important question. As a takeaway,
0: yeah, get better at poker. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> learn, like, study more, learn more about the swats, uh, understand, like, ha- have a, a plan that you can execute. That let me
1: translate that yeah. a little bit because I think it's it's a good advice, right? I mean, so I, I think I think again, what uh, what what, uh, what Brad is trying to say here is. Um, uh, by being aware of that conflict, first of all, there's a lot of people who are not aware of that conflict. So I think step one would be just sit at the poker table and notice those moments. That's not easy. Like if, if you don't have experience with that game, like sit at the poker table and, you know, when you do one thing, but then you say in the back of your head, you know, but I knew I shouldn't have done this. Pay attention to that moment, write it on your cell phone, like do something about this, like pay attention, be aware of that, say, oh, I realize that I have cognitive dissonance here. I think that's, that's what, you know, I'm paraphrasing Brad, Brad, you know, get better. That's what getting better at poker is. Well, I would would start,
0: yeah, identify that and then ask a very simple question. Like, is it afterwards? Yes. Like, is it true? Is it true that I knew what to do or am I just biased based on the result of the hand?
1: Right. That's be honest two. with
0: yourself, right? Like, um, because again, like if you're consistent, you have something to work from, like you, you have something to adjust from, you have a target. Like that's what consistency creates. It creates a target, a baseline that you can adjust over time as you're trying to figure out which way you need to go. But if you're just all over the place and very inconsistent, well, we don't know what you need to adjust from because you have no baseline. You're all over the map. You're just, you know, uh, clicking buttons, as they say.
1: That's exactly right. Just concentrate on doing, not concentrate on doing it right. Just concentrate on doing it first because by taking action, you can actually adjust it later, right? I mean, right. you can figure out what it and is.
0: Be consistent about be the consistent. action that you take right. because, like, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. That right. you, you create targets. That you're consistent, and you're like, oh wow, I'm very consistent about this spot, and I'm torching money. So how so, am I torching money? In which direction do I need to go? And then you you make a plan, and then you stay consistent to that plan, and then you look at the results, and and you just keep uh, adjusting.
1: So to put it, you know, like as a, as a as a step guide, you know, for those who who are asking the question, you know. Uh, step step one, do something you know consistently, like in a, in a specific in a specific way. Mm-hmm. Uh, step number two, be aware of all the issues that arise, like well, whether or not it's a bad call you you keep making, or whether it's a bad bed you keep making, or whatever it is. So be aware of that. Step three, I mean you know when I say be aware it comes together with also being honest about it. And yeah. step three, take action. Take action meaning try to actively. You know, switch it so you keep switching your consistency. So, but it does start with you know that awareness. I mean, awareness is very, very crucial there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, to kind of close out, I, I mentioned what yes. uh, you asked a question before, and I, I forgot one counterintuitive uh, piece of advice for mm-hmm. increasing awareness. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, uh, read a book about ADHD. Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of studies out there. You can Google it about improving your balance and it affecting your focus and improving your ability to focus. So standing on one foot with your eyes open for 30 seconds, standing on another foot with your eyes open for 30 seconds, closing your eyes, putting an object in front of you, um, standing on one foot, bending down. Um, Balance and focus are apparently rooted in the cerebellum, and that's the part of the brain that uh, yeah you're you're strengthening. And so that's another just uh, way to... In my opinion, increase your awareness, increase your focus. That's counterintuitive.
1: Yep. Yeah, this is this this is great. Um, and anything anything else we didn't touch about uh, spirituality in general, about meditation? Oh, about I'm sure place- a billion
0: things we didn't touch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a very expansive topic and one that i've I've invested a lot of energy in thinking about and um, trying to make sense of myself. Oh, so.
1: serious question, serious question, Brad. Uh, is spirituality a mirage?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I
1: had to. I had to. It, it, it was. It was mandatory. For,
0: yeah, I. I'm perfectly happy with saying that I don't know to many things about about this life, and I'm kind of happy that the mysteries exist because, to me, that's what makes life kind of fun.
1: Absolutely, I I, I couldn't agree more. And and for the record. You know, that's, that's what meta humility is, right? We don't know anything. We just agree on that. We have no idea what's going on in this world. So then we start, you know, digging in, right? I mean, we we, we, we experiment, we, we take this position, we take this other position, uh, we, we're super confident, but not meta confident, right? I mean, that's that's the that's the difference. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to, to do anything. If we constantly say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, we would never go anywhere. So in the back of our heads, we know nothing, we agree to that, we're idiots all of us you know and then we're just trying to figure out you know how to deal with our idiocy. I think that's that's a very important uh, a very important approach to uh to life. Absolutely. So where can people find us? Uh, and uh, so they they can rant a little bit with us.
0: Yeah, greatnessvillage.com um at cbg podcast on Twitter and then Duncan's YouTube channel why alex beats bobby. B O B B I E. <laughs> There you go. That's it. But, those those but, are the places. Come say hi.
1: Absolutely, come say hi and comment on the, on, on on Brad's or uh, on Doug's. Oops, uh, tank <laughs> top. <so. laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. All, right. All right. Good sir, it's been a pleasure as always. Yes, sir, peace out. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.